enfants qui mentent ne vont pas au paradis. Okay, merci. In this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast, I'm joined again by Karen Shedrick to discuss the silly accusatory ballad Do You Lie from the Parade album. Welcome back to the show, Karen. Glad to be back. Um, reaching, you know, mid midway through Prince's 80s discography, pretty much, and uh, the Parade album is a favorite amongst many. You know, it's got the it's it's a very different sounding album from what he had been doing with Prince and the Revolution up to this point. We've got the a lot of string arrangements and songs that take different directions, musical directions than he's done before. He's got he's got his first instrumental song. That's a pretty unique aspect for this album to have a an instrumental. And this is another one of those clear examples of Prince trying to break out of a more traditional funk and rock and roll pop mode with with do you lie i think i mean the song has some interesting musical accompaniments it's um it has like a more of a uh, an old-timey feel to it you know it's mm-hmm. it's a bit anachronistic in its in its musicality it's almost like he's trying to make it sound like i don't know like a song from decades past and also not just decades past but even maybe you know origins from a different country france for example so it it certainly is an interesting break after mountains mountains was a very pretty clear pop song and this is the song in between mountains and kiss which was the other huge pop song from (laughs) this album so it's it's a bit of a an interesting placement on the the track listing and it's a nice break, I think, you know, it's an, it's a nice break between the pop sounds of the two songs. And, it, and to me, it fits in nicely with with the film's aesthetic. Uh, what, do, what do you think about the song overall? Um, I thought it was a very cute, very whimsical type of song. And what you just mentioned about it sounding like a period song, I, I actually hadn't thought about that because that makes perfect sense when you think about the movie and the costumes and the way people were dressed. I wasn't sure what period or what year uh, yeah. that movie was from. Nobody but that does. Makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense, uh, you know, that it does sound like an older period type of song. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of the um, the brilliance of Under the Cherry Moon is that it it's of a time, but it's timeless, I think. Right. Like, nobody, nobody can really pinpoint and nail down exactly when that movie's supposed to take place. We can guess based off of some of the things that are shown to us, but there's things that feel really old and things that feel pretty modern and fresh. So it's it's difficult. Uh, you know, this references to Sam Cooke, you know, the Sam Cooke album at the record right. store. So <laughs> you, you're trying to get a feel for that. I mean, he doesn't, Christopher Tracy's character doesn't mention any modern you know, pop artists or anybody like that in the song. So you kind of get a feel that it doesn't take place in 1986, but I don't know, 50s, 60s, maybe. I I, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) 50s, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If I if I was forced to kind of pinpoint a time frame, I would say maybe like late 50s. But I I don't know. It's just a total guess on my part. Mm hmm. So Do You Lie is a fairly short song. It's it's only about two and a half minutes long. It's interesting for a couple of things in my mind. One is the fact that Jonathan Melvoin, which is, uh, of course, Wendy and Susanna's brother, 
he's credited as being the drummer on this song. And this song doesn't really have a strong drum beat. You know, it's drums are kind of just like a really more um, background instrument on, on the song, I feel. Like, I had to kind of strain sometimes to even hear the drums. But maybe that's why Jonathan performed drums on, on this song, because he didn't need somebody like Bobby Z to do it, or he didn't need his uh, drum machine or Prince, for that matter, to, to record a, a, you know, a really strong driving drum beat. Uh, that's not what this song calls for. So, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of an interesting thing for him to utilize a drummer other than himself, a drum machine, or Bobby right. Z in a Prince in the Revolution song. <laughs> Another thing that I feel that's pretty interesting is just the sound. Like I mentioned, with uh, Claire Fisher's orchestration is prominent in the song. So many of the songs on Parade were recorded with that orchestration, but then some of the times it was stripped back out because Prince preferred the sound of the song without it. Sometimes it was left in. This was a song that he clearly liked the idea or the or what what was presented to him by the inclusion or with the inclusion of these uh this instrumentals and the orchestration and, and the accordion for me is the one instrument that really kind of sticks out in this song it also kind of makes it feel like a period song because accordion is not an instrument that you hear too often in modern music i don't know if you picked the accordion out when you were listening to the song karen but i certainly did I, I picked it out, but I wasn't 100% sure what it was, you know, yeah. so thank you for telling me that I wasn't, I didn't know that it was an accordion, but again, it does go back to a period song, kind of reflective, very light, very kind of a, like an orchestra type song. Almost like a jazzy orchestra song. Exactly. In some ways. And yeah, I mean, I didn't. I thought it was an accordion, but I wanted to verify that. So I went to Prince Vault and I looked at all the, the credits that were given to um, the Claire Fisher's orchestra and all the individual um, members of the orchestra and what they performed or what they played. And I saw accordion on there. I said, that's got to be it. I mean, it's got to be it. So the fact right. that there's an accordion in the credits, according to Prince Vault, uh, I'm taking that as being, you know, the, the actual truth and. Wendy and Lisa's on the song as well, just vocals, vocal harmonies, like they are in a lot of songs on this album. It's a really heavy Wendy and Lisa background vocal record. All throughout almost every song, you can hear them in some some form or fashion in the um, in the background vocals, and so that's what they offer in the song as well. And then it's pretty much Prince with his with his one of his key instruments in my mind is his voice. So mm -hmm. Prince is all over the place on this song in terms of uh, how he performs the lyrics and sings the lyrics to the song. He's up in his register, lower register. He adds, you know, extra syllables to words. He repeats words, like almost like he's stuttering a little bit, but it's not, you know, it's intentional, obviously. And there's a lot of repetition, I think, uh, for, for the sake of, I think, this, the style of what he's trying to do and completing rhyme patterns. But it's a very interesting song vocally, is how I look at it. Like, the way he sings the song is extremely interesting and not a typical, typical Prince performance. He sings it almost in, like, like a jazzy fashion. 
not really scatting, but that comes to mind the way he's yeah. doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's right. It's not exactly like that, but it's almost like a Prince version of that, and his his almost more um, uh, up to date uh, version of scatting for a pop song, which is what this basically is. It's just a it's just a unique pop song. It wasn't released as a single. This is a true album cut. But one other thing I noted when I was watching Under the Cherry Moon last time I watched it, which wasn't that long ago, this song is um, included in the movie a few times, actually. Like, you know, there's moments in the movie where there's some background music being played. It's not prominent. It's background music. Or there's pieces that Prince is playing on piano, and it's the song. It's just... um, sounds a little i mean you have to know the melody to know that it's do you lie because mm-hmm. it's not like with life can be so nice or kiss where it's just inserted into the film exactly how it sounds on the record it's um interpolations or uh, re-recordings or some other way that this song is being put out there into the movie on the soundtrack so like if there was a true soundtrack taking clips of the music moved, used in the movie, there would be these variations of Do You Lie within within that soundtrack because you can hear this song being played in a slightly different way uh, in the background at Mary's party. And one other memorable moment where this song is in the movie, and I'm, I'm sure there are others, but one other one that I jotted down is the time when um, Christopher is at Mrs. Wellington's place. And she's playing back her um, her recording, the recording on her um, answering machine. Uh, answering uh, machine. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I was, I was blanking on that her voicemail <laughs> machine. <laughs> no, her answering machine, and it's you know Mary's father Isaac talking to him, and he's over on the piano just kind of playing a song, teasing her a little bit, and it's "Do You Lie." That's what he's that's what he's playing on the piano. So I just think it's interesting that this song, even as as slight as it may be on the on the record being a short song and and kind of being a little odd in its in its sound not really fitting in much with the rest of the music on especially on side b Um, side b's got most of the more kind of funky modern sounding songs but nevertheless it was it was an important piece of music i think to prince to include it so many times in the film so I just thought that was interesting. Well, it's, we're on the same page because I had that in my notes too, that he was sitting at the piano playing that as she was listening to the recording. And it kind of makes sense that in that moment and in other moments in the movie that you hear it, because when I think about this song, the the whimsical, the way it sounds, and it's almost like a parody to romance or a relationship like it's 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 not you know because in that moment he was kind of mocking Isaac and you know making a joke out of the fact that he was you know leaving this romantic message for Mrs. Wellington when the whole thing was a a joke because he's having an affair so it kind of fit in that moment that he would reference that song because it it's almost kind of like a a parody to like a real relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Because obviously he's sleeping around with somebody else as a married man. And 
but then she's not exactly committed to her relationship with Isaac either because she's with Christopher Tracy, you know? And so it's kind of like this all uh, triangle, a little bit of a, a triangle going on. I, w- I don't want to say romantic triangle because I'm not sure how much, <laughs> how much no. romance there is. It's mostly just what do we, what can we get from each other? More of a physical relationship between all of them. But yeah, that's what kind of like the overarching theme of this song from a lyrical standpoint is, you know, the uh, the nature of of not being not telling the truth and not being truthful in your your words. It's more about a truth in your words kind of song because he Prince will several times as we get through the lyrics asking the the subject of the song, the person he's talking to or speaking to. If they if they lie, I mean that's the name of the song, and what is he accusing her of? If, is he accusing her of you know once again not being truthful, not not saying that or not doing what she says she's doing, and maybe even accusing her of cheating on him? He doesn't explicitly say that, but you will kind of wonder at times what is he? Why is he so uh, paranoid? You know <laughs> what does he have to be paranoid about with this relationship that he has to keep? asking her do you lie over and over the song starts out with the voice of a young girl that's speaking french and i'm not going to try to repeat those words like i it took everything in my power to repeat the chorus of girls and boys in the 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 version of french Uh that somebody who's a non-french speaker but so i'm not going to do this entire sentence but she speaks it in french which is translated to the children who lie don't go to paradise. And then you hear a man in the background saying, okay, merci. Which is basically, you know, confirming, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> you know, thanks for telling me this. But um, the children who lie don't go to paradise. That's that's the first line of the song. It's spoken in French. So you have to, you know, in 1986, you had to know somebody who could speak French or figure out a, a French to English translation, you know, book and figure out what was being said there but yeah that's right off the bat the first line kind of gives gives the listener if they know what is being said an indication about how you know prince views liars like not 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 very favorably for sure and not so not only just not favorably but also like as a sin you know because this is basically saying liars go to hell <laughs> in essence you know if you're breaking it down right so that's pretty hard that's pretty harsh <laughs> and that's to have very it harsh said, yeah and to have it said in a um kind of a, a cute young girl saying it almost makes it seem more like a uh like a fairy tale or some sort of nursery rhyme london bridges or frere jacques or something like that but she's saying the children who lie don't go to paradise so I thought I felt that was interesting. It sets the mood for the the song and the 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 penalties for lying. Period. Yes. yes. So yeah, so that right, pretty uh, much speaks for itself. <laughs> this is not a favorable uh, personality trait in his mind. <laughs> Somebody who lies. When I When I lie awake in my boudoir, I think of you, dear. 
Do you think of me? Or do you lie? Do you lie? When I'm in a sad and lonely mood, dear, I cry for you, dear. Do you cry for me? Do you cry? Do you cry? All right. So, uh, Karen, what do you like right off the bat with this kind of first verse or what what calls out to you here? I just think it's cute, the whole boudoir thing. Like, and it again, it, it makes me think immediately about you know, the, the theme of the, the movie with rich people and, you know, and I'm, and I'm wondering, okay, is he thinking about himself in this boudoir or is he thinking about Mary in her boudoir? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who, who is this referencing? That's kind of yeah, where I yeah. went with it. But yeah, as soon as I saw boudoir, I thought of the rich people in France and that whole movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it immediately calls to mind the imagery from the film being having taken place in France and using a, a, a French word for basically bedroom. And, and then I think of the scene in the film when Mary's lying in bed and she's got that glowing neon telephone and she's a she's debating whether or not to call Christopher Tracy on the phone. She's thinking about him, which when I lie awake in my boudoir, I think of you, dear. Even though Prince is singing that line in this song, that line could have easily been spoken or sung by Mary's character in Under the Cherry Moon in that scene. Because that's that's basically what's going on in that scene, right? I mean, she's lying there awake, debating whether or not to call him because she's obviously thinking about him. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's essentially putting that scene to lyrics in a song. And to say then, to, to throw it right back at at her, do you think of me or do you lie, do you lie? I also like the double meaning of the word lie in this this verse. You know, it's, it's used mm. twice. One, to represent the act of laying down, and then also used later. Um, it's, an, it's implied that he's talking about, of course, the... Uh, the telling of the truth because is when i lie awake in my boudoir there he's talking about the act of laying down but in the next line do you think of me or do you lie do you lie i don't think he's asking her if if she's lying down anymore i think now he's using lie to as the you know the, the word to represent um the act of not telling the truth so i like the double meaning i like how he has that word play in there and there's another example of, of word play or uh, play on words that he uses later on which is kind of fun too so there's aspects of this song that are playful even though even though it's talking about some pretty serious stuff when i'm in a sad and lonely mood dear i cry for you dear so he's basically just expressing like his his personal feelings toward her are pretty deep you know i mean he's he's telling her that she's the reason or she comes to mind when he's not you know when he's feeling when he's feeling down and when i to say it when i cr i cry for you that tells me that maybe he's sad about her because he doesn't trust her or you know isn't, isn't quite sure of his standing with her in the relationship it's almost like he's uh he's really 
really super needy in, in this in this part of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Constantly wants Constantly to know wants if, to. if she's thinking of him and he even asks her, do you cry for me? Do you cry? Do you cry? So I don't know if you caught that at all, if, you know, the, how he's really just trying to get a feel for whether or not she feels the same way that he feels for her. Well, I kind of got that, but again, because of the the whimsy sound of this song, I'm I'm not taking it serious because let's be honest, you know, initially, you know, Christopher Tracy was a hustler uh, and he would say anything, you know, to get money from rich women, you know, whatever they wanted him to say, he would yeah. say, because, you know, I, I think about when uh, Mrs. Wellington called him on the phone and he was saying all those romantic, beautiful things to her. And then he hung up the phone and him and Tricky started laughing about it. You know, you could look at this in the literal sense that he's really having these feelings. Or you could look at it like he's just saying this because it's all part of a game. You know, when I think about the different times in the movie where I heard this song, there was deception going on. You know, you could you could think of it literally like he's really having feelings or you could look at it like, oh, he's just blowing smoke because he's trying to get something, you know? Yeah, actually, I, I do. I do get that. And I, I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. If you're thinking about it from the perspective of, like, let's say this is Christopher Tracy singing this song. Right. If he's trying to get something out of this woman, he wants maybe her to think that he feels so deeply for her that it's all he can do but to think about her and cry for her when she's not around and asking her, you know, and very bluntly asking her, do you lie awake thinking of me? Do you cry for me? Just to try to pull, uh, you know, to play with her emotions a little bit, pull on her heartstrings. Right. That could be an absolutely a a manipulative, um, something that he would do to manipulate her emotions, a a manipulative tactic on his part. So, yeah. And and not, not necessarily once again, Manipulation sounds really bad, and it's, it sounds like lying. Okay. Manipulation. We're, we're, the song sounds like it should be a lot deeper than it really is, but I I also get where you're coming from with it being more whimsical, and the music behind it is not, you know, it matches that whimsy. So to take it too too literal may be a dis, doing a disservice to the intention. So I I. I like keeping that in mind when listening to the song, because otherwise you just think that he's being kind of an ass, you know, <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. So. When I need someone to talk to, you're not around. When I need another human's touch, I wear it wrong, because you're upset. So then, I don't know if this is really the chorus or if this is just... I, I kind of call it the chorus because it gets repeated. So, you know, choruses tend to get repeated and these lines get repeated later on. So, for the sake of this episode, I'm going to call it a chorus. It says, when I need someone to talk to, you're not around. When I need another human's touch, I wear a frown. Because you're uptown. 
going down, going down, going down. Okay, so this is the other kind of big play on words that I noticed. You know, like in verse 1, I mentioned the lie being used twice to represent two different meanings. And here, it's not a word that's being used twice to represent two different meanings, but I, the use of up and down, you know, as a dual meaning and even within the song, like he says uptown. I mean, uptown is, is that kind of common area that Prince likes to sing about, can represent the literal location in Minneapolis, or it can be just, you know, um, a frame of mind, or it can just represent any kind of location. I mean, there's uptowns in all sorts of cities. I mean, that's just kind of a general, also a very general term that's used to represent a certain part of a city, a section of a city. So for him to use it here is not, you know, unusual, or it's not literally trying to mean Minneapolis, the neighborhood in Minneapolis, I don't think. But what I like is then when he says in the very next line, going down, going down, going down. So there's kind of like that wordplay where uptown, downtown, having an up and down meaning. But here he's talking about going down. So you kind of get, you know, uh, more of a, a sexual connotation. I think that's what I get from it. I don't know. Maybe if it's just me. <laughs> what, did, what did you think he was referring to there? Well, that was the first thing I thought about because I couldn't I couldn't think of any other thing or any other idea that he would be talking about here. Um, The uptown, I do agree with that. that He could have been referencing any uptown city or uptown location in a city, you know, um, speaking about her not being around. But I, I, like I said, the going down, going down, going down, I didn't, I didn't reference that with anything, but the obvious. (laughs) So I was like, wait a minute, huh? pretty pretty accusatory of him too (laughs) because he's he starts it off real sweet when i need somebody to talk to you're not around when i need other humans touch i wear a frown so again he's trying to play on her emotions like i need you where are you i Mm -hmm. i I would love to have you near me when i'm not you know i i need you to help me feel better which is another manipulation tactic i guess if you're trying to get somebody to really focus their attention on you especially a person that is a nurturer by nature you know they want to help somebody else and they want to be there for them when they're not feeling well um and to say that like i need someone to talk to where are you and then he jumps on her <laughs> in the second half of this uh, kind of pseudo chorus by accusing her of being, um, you know, in, in the city going down, going down, going down. So it's like, wow. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, if you're trying to win her over, you might want to, you might want to lay off some of those uh, <laughs> accusations a bit. <laughs> right. But it, it does make for fun wordplay. though. I, I, I Then we get into the next section of words, lyrics, and, you know, it's not it's not sung in the exact same manner. So here's where he does some of his more unique singing, like, I, I, I don't lie to you when I say that I'm in love, mama. And there's some repeating of some of these lines in the background, sometimes by Wendy and Lisa, sometimes by Prince. I feel so good when you're near me to tell me, do you feel it too? Do you lie? Do you lie? Do you cry? 
Do you cry from the inside out, dear, or are they only artificial tears? Do you really mean it when you cry, when you cry, when you cry? Um, okay, so with this section of lyrics, Karen, uh, what kind of jumps out at you, if you don't mind me starting with you? Um, the Do you cry from the inside out, dear, or are they only artificial tears? I mean, I, I kind of think about Mary when I read that, you know, is she does she really care about Christopher Tracy or not? Uh, you know, I know her feelings changed when she thought that he was only with her for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe he's trying to to ask, were you lying about how you felt about me? You know, or or now that you think it's about the money, did you ever did you ever love me at all? So I kind of look at it from that perspective. Now the 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 part about I'm in love, Mama. I I didn't know where he was going with that. I, I wasn't sure where he was going with that. But yeah, the I, I thought about uh, Mary on the the second part. Yeah, yeah, I could see that because there's that's one of the key plot points in the film is you know he originally starts off trying to you know, get with her for financial gain. And and it's really just part of his, his uh, ploy to make money. You know, it's his money-making scheme. It's part of being a gigolo. He sees a woman that's about to inherit a a ton of money and, and he's going to turn on the charm and, and win her over for financial gain only. But of course, you know, then he falls for her a bit because she's not like, I don't know. He sees something in her, I guess, sees, sees something that he likes about her. And she, even though she originally is turned off by him and sees pretty much right through his facade, he eventually his charms win her over as well. But there's like this level of like kind of distrust that's, that is between them the whole time, especially for her to him, because she kind of in the back of her mind, like, is he using me? You know, I mean, how mm-hmm. how much can I trust him? Is he is this all just a game to him? And this whole um, do you cry from the inside out, dear? Or are they only artificial tears? You know, like the whole crocodile tears uh, uh, scenario where somebody's crying once again as a, a manipulative tactic. And can she trust that when he says that he loves her? Does does he really? You know, and that's almost like flipping it around. Even though Prince is singing this these lyrics. To your point, they could easily be coming out of Mary's mouth as well in the context mm-hmm. of the film and because of the distrust that she inherently has and um, early on, especially. And then the other thing that, you know, he's in this song, he's proclaiming his his own purity and, and truthful nature. Like he's kept saying, I don't lie to you, you know, uh, <laughs> do you do you really mean it when you cry so he's uh, uh, right off the bat trying to paint himself as like this this saint a little bit <laughs> yeah and, stuttering right yeah yeah i don't lie to you i don't lie you know when i say i love you mama and it kind of makes you wonder like to is it really or is this all just a game and i think that's kind of like a recurring theme in the song a little bit tell me do you feel it too do you lie do you lie 
um, and do you cry, do you cry? So those those kind of the do you lie and do you cry is a bit repeated from the first verse. But I I feel like for the lines in this this section of the lyrics that call out to me the most are the same ones that call to you is crying from the inside out, dear, which is a, a, a nice and unique way of saying, you know, is it are those tears driven by your emotions, by what you really feel inside? So I, I really I think that that was a, a well-worded couple mm-hmm. of lines there. And do you mean it when you cry when you cry? So after that, then he gets back to the same section of lyrics that I called the chorus. But the thing he does a little differently here is that he he speaks it. It's more of a spoken word chorus than song. So when I need someone to talk to, you're not around. You're not around. When I need a temporary touch, I won't frown. Uh, when I need someone to talk to, you're not around. And you, once again, you hear Lisa and Wendy in the background, you're not around, you're not mm-hmm. around. And they say, I wear a frown when I need, tell me why. Another human's touch, I wear a frown. In the background, tell me why you want to go. Because you're uptown and leave me all alone in the background. So it's not identical, but it's it's essentially the same words being spoken just in a different way. And him just repeating you know, the, the sentiment that he wants somebody to talk to and she's not around. And again, because you're uptown and goes going down, going down, going down again, but it's repeated many more times than what it was repeated the last time he sang it. So yeah, I, I call that the chorus, but uh, whether or not it mm-hmm. really is, I don't know. It's, it's repeated lines. So at this point, you know, we are done with original lyrics because the last section of the song is just a, more of a repeat of the first verse. When I lie awake in my boudoir, I think of you, dear. Do you think of me or do you lie? Do you lie? The thing that you have to think about with this song in the context of the film is whether or not he's being sincere with this or if if it truly is manipulation. But also, and I like the point that you brought up earlier, that it's just more of a, it's more of like a a playful um, game that's being played between the two people, and as long as as long as the person on the receiving end of these accusations doesn't get too hung up on it, you know, and, and right. thinking like, okay, well, you're gonna ask me these questions, and you're asking me if I'm lying or if I cry when I think about you or if I'm uptown going down, then I'm gonna turn the tables on you and try to. Um, to get out of you maybe what what's your intentions i guess um karen for you with the lyrics is there anything else that you wanted to touch on in terms of what you think about this song what you think about the lyrics overall how it's performed so i really like the performance i did too i i i definitely like the the theme of the song and again the the music uh the different play on the instruments you know the period sound i really enjoyed that because like you said it was it was kind of a different way to hear prince uh, at that time uh as far as again the the theme of this song throughout the movie um 
every every time I heard it, it was it was like a deception type of situation. Like, um, okay, you remember the scene where um, Mary sets him up to go to Mrs. Wellington's house when he's with Isaac and he's out mm -hmm. in the. It's playing then, and when he realizes that, you know, Mrs. Wellington is with Isaac, and and I also thought it was interesting that towards the end of the movie, when um, Tricky kind of spills the beans that you know what they had been plotting from the beginning with Mary, she said to him, "Do you lie?" It kind of like brings all of that you know, full circle until <laughs> you lie, you know? So yeah, it, it, the lyrics really are effective in terms of how I think about that movie. 100%. I thought it was really genius the way he put the words together and made you think, okay, is he talking about himself? Is he talking about Mary? It was a perfect song for that movie and for the the idea of Christopher Tracy and what might have been on his mind as a hustler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good observation because the number of times that this song is used in the film to underscore moments of deception. I mean, maybe not so much in the party, Mary's party, unless you unless you only think of it like. You know, Tricky's attending, not Tricky, well, Tricky and Christopher, they're both attending this party because their intentions are not pure. You know, they're there to make an impression and win over um, this this woman that's about to inherit a, a lot of money. So I guess just by definition, the, they're, they're not there to celebrate her birthday. They're not there as friends. They're there for a very significant and specific purpose which is which is deception and then the other mm -hmm. sections of the the movie that you we mentioned the piano playing with isaac talking to mrs wellington the woman that he's having an affair with you've got the other scene where uh, christopher goes to mrs wellington's house while he's there once again deception and cheating and then the whole part of mary confronting tricky and she's angry you know she's hurt and so mm -hmm. do you lie is something is a is a is a statement that you would do when you're lashing out you know it's it's a question you'd ask when you're lashing out to somebody and you really just want to get to the bottom of it do you, i i can i trust you are you a liar and can i trust anything that you say mm -hmm. so that's what this song really does and it fits in perfectly with the movie as you mentioned for that reason because there's certainly mem elements of the film that touch on um touch on deception and lying as being key plot points you know i mean that's they have to mary and christopher have to have to get past the the way that they met in order to you know find happiness together even if it's very short-lived they have to get they have to get past that you know she can't right. she can't hold it against them forever or else they'll never you know never be able to make it as a couple or, or tricky for that matter as a friend because um, you know she she actually liked tricky for a while there too mm -hmm. so yeah uh perfect perfect little song perfect little segue between you know like i said the pop songs mountains and kiss and that's why i think it it's one of the most prominently featured songs in the movie and also is one of those clear like soundtrack type songs to me maybe a song like um 
another lover hole in your head is not necessarily a song that screams movie soundtrack under the cherry moon you know <laughs> it's on the album but but there's not there's not a scene in the film where i mean it's in the movie but it's it's not like it's so closely tied in with the plot of the movie that they're inseparable like kind of like who you lie is so perfect all right well thank you karen i appreciate your insight on this song and appreciate you um offering up and reminding me that it is just a whimsical lighthearted song it has some lyrics that go to deeper places but i think that uh taking them at face value and thinking of them in the co- in the context of the film is the way to go in order to really enjoy the song actually so appreciate that perspective oh you're welcome anything else you wanted to say before we go i actually saw the movie recently i hadn't seen it in a while and i actually like it more now you know i i didn't really for a while, I didn't really like it that much, but I, I, I'm starting to like it more. And I think I like it. I definitely like it more than, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 but I almost like it as much as Purple Rain now. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I know quite a few people that prefer this over Purple Rain. Um, I think that as much as much as Christopher Tracy is comes off as a bit insincere at first, I think the fact that uh, he ends up being more of a an honest man, you know, that's kind of like the theme of the the movie, moving him from being a scoundrel and a scamp to an honest man towards the end of the film, is more as like a re- nice redemption story. And while there's a redemption story for the kid in Purple Rain it takes like the entire film to get there. Like right. he doesn't become, he's not that likable until the very end. <laughs> and it doesn't take Christopher quite as long for you to kind of find that aspect of his personality, personality that you like. Cause he's more dour and, and um, just kind of a, you know, kind of an asshole in purple rain here. He's, he's maybe not tr- that trustworthy, at first, especially, but you you see, he's a fun character. You know, he he enjoys life. He enjoys um, interacting with people. He he doesn't treat everybody that he's around or you know comes into contact with like dirt, like the kid kind of does. You know, he has true friends, um, and he enjoys he enjoys life, and that's uh, I think an aspect of his personality in this movie that endears him to a lot of people that watch it they like it's it's more lighthearted. it's not so so dark purple rain can get dark at times despite the fact that um despite the fact that there's a violent ending in this in this movie i never feel like this movie gets that dark so no no and it 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 was a sad ending but um like you said it, it wasn't dark it was just kind of okay wow that just happened but it was almost like a um, a fitting ending, maybe. I'm not sure. When you think about it, they never probably would have been able to be together anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been real tough. She would have had to basically disowned her family, right? Um, because there's no way that at least her father would have ever allowed her to be with him. And you have to question whether or not um, you know she would have ever been welcome back in the 
into the family uh, if she had stayed with Christopher. It, it's tough. It maybe could have worked, but we'll never know because that's not what was written. <laughs> right. So, uh-huh. Okay. Well, thanks again for the, the perspective on Under the Cherry Moon as well. I, I like the movie more now um, than I ever did. So it's just one. Of, I think it's one of those movies that gets better the more you watch it. That's my right. That's it. At least. Yeah. And also when you just kind of let go of any ideas that, you know, it needs to be like this piece of high art, you know, and, and from a cinematic experience, you know, it's not going to, you just have to allow that. It's kind of a silly, uh, silly romantic comedy, which is essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. those, and those movies, those movies can be fun when, when done right and with characters that you um you enjoy watching all right well i guess this will wrap up the episode for do you lie um my name is jason brenninger as the host of the press rewind prince lyrics podcast you can find the podcast just about anywhere that you can find podcasts and on social media if you're on social media twitter instagram or facebook hit me up uh, follow and you know like like the podcast if you listen to it on apple I appreciate all of the listeners that I've had thus far and appreciate Karen for being on again. And thank you. And until next time, goodbye.